fun and we are now officially live with Talia O'Connell. Uh, and first of all, I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time at it, uh, to come on the podcast. And I just want to start off by asking you, I, uh, we had a little, bit, I had a little bit of a mess up this morning by getting my times wrong. So I forgot that you are in New South Wales. And I just wanted to ask you, how are you holding up? Um, yeah, well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to take your time out of your day. Um, yeah, lockdown has been hard, not going to lie. Obviously, the area I'm in, we're in the strictest part of lockdown, so I can't even get to any of my training partners or anything to do any sort of training because they're all out of my area. So it's just me, myself and I at the moment. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's been hard just going from, you know, training constantly every day without you know all my all my team all my gyms everything to absolutely nothing yeah it's not been easy but we're getting it done still that's good to hear well i wanted to ask you like because you're in lockdown and all that what are you doing for training at the moment is do you doing like workouts at home or you just taking some much needed rest what's your situation yeah, so I, um, unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of equipment, so it's been a lot of um, upping my running, which has been hard on the legs, but um, I'm enjoying it. So a lot of running, a lot of shadow boxing. I um, just spent some of my money to uh, get a boxing bag because uh, there's only so much shadow boxing you can do before you start losing the plot a little bit, so... I've invested in a bag, so I actually only just got that yesterday. So that was a bit of a relief being able to hit something again. Um, but yeah, just a lot of shadow boxing, a lot of running, and just making do with what I have here, really. Well, that's that's good to hear. You're making the most of what you can with what you have. That's that's the best way. That's the best yeah. mentality to have it, especially considering this is a very unprecedented time for New South Wales. Uh, now, first thing I wanted to ask you is that I've interviewed quite a few fighters, quite a few, uh, what is it, athletes on the show before, but none of them have had such a cool fight name such as yours, like Hellraiser. That really does have a ring to it. I wanted to really, first question I wanted to ask you was, how did you get that name? <laughs> um, so when I started competing when I was younger, I started competing when I was about 12 um even just then like win or lose like at the little comps and stuff like all my fights were like very full-on like and then I you know people would just kind of be like oh man you gave that girl hell or oh man that girl went through hell that sort of thing oh you raised hell blah 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 and then someone just sort of said oh you're the hell raiser and then it sort of just stuck from there I don't even remember who said it but um yeah people just started saying that and um Yes, it's true though. Like even if I do, you know, I don't get the win. Like my fights are all very, very short, and I will, I will put everything on the line. So there's always, it's always a tough fight. It's always a good show, regardless of I win or not. So the Hellraiser comes out in every fight, and it's stuck since then. So that's where I got that from. That's awesome. That sounds like. Uh, when did you get that name? How old were you when you uh, when you got that name? 
Um, I started competing when I was about 12. So about 12, yeah. 13 is when it started coming out, yeah. Wow, that's, aw- that's awesome. You find your name at such a young age as well. Now, to start competing as young as 12, that's very, uh, very, very, it's very, very early. As, so I wanted to ask, uh, what's your background like then? How did you end up competing at such a young age? Yeah, so I started with karate when I was seven. Um, probably like a lot of parents, they just wanted me to learn it for a bit of self-defense. Just, you know, um, you know, I was in kindy at that time. So, yeah, just a bit of self-defense. And um, my first karate school that I went to, which is Australia's Youth Self-Defense, um, I've been with that coach since I was seven. And I quickly progressed with that and I just started falling in love with it. And then um, he sort of saw the potential from that age and um, wanted me to compete earlier, actually, but my mum did not want me to. So the deal was when I got my black belt, I was um, allowed to start competing and I got my black belt when I was 12. And mum had to stick to the deal then. So what? as soon as I turned 12, got my black belt. And then a couple of weeks later, I entered into my first comp. Wow. So you started seven, got a black belt when you were 12. Already before you even hit, became a teenager, you'd already got a black belt in one discipline. Now, I wanted to ask you, what style of karate was it that you started um, so it's called Kempo Freestyle Karate. So it's based, um, it was based in America. So our head of our club, Matt Klein, he um, was born in America, learned Kempo Karate, moved out to Australia, brought it here. And then there's a few head instructors that now run our school. So we don't actually have a permanent gym. We teach at different schools all around New South Wales, all up the Central Coast and everything down here in Western Sydney. So we've got it all over the place. We've got really big schools. Um, but, yeah, so it's Kempo Freestyle Karate. Kempo Freestyle Karate. Interesting. Uh, and uh, then later on down the line, you became you got involved heavily in kickboxing, and that's now become your uh, one of your uh, choice of styles and all that. But I wanted to also ask, when did you make that transition over from karate to kickboxing? Yeah, so I my same karate teacher that I've been with since I was seven he is um also kickboxing Muay Thai jiu-jitsu trained so he's a bit of an all-rounder um so I I'm still with him today but so I competed in karate for about two years and then my coach saw that I was at that next level again so and I'd sort of been sort of clearing out that karate division for those two years and he said like I think we need to step it up again because he could tell that I wanted to do it and um same thing again my mum was like um absolutely not (laughs) because with karate there's no punches directly to the face but obviously with kickboxing there is and mum's like no she's not getting punched in the face (laughs) so my coach my dad knew that my coach wouldn't ever let me do something that I wasn't ready for so my coach, it took my coach to make a deal with my mum that he would come back and have a fight if I was allowed to fight. So my coach came out of not competing since, I don't know, for ages 
and he had a comeback fight just so that I could compete in my first kickboxing comp. So when I was 14, that is when that happened. And yeah. Wow. I mean, I just wanted to butt in. How old was your coach at the time that he came out of retirement? Um, how long ago was that? He was probably about 26. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That's it. That's amazing. That's good, good on him. Shout out to your coach and all that. And from there, uh, what was the transition like for you? Did you find it uh, difficult at all? Or because obviously when it comes to karate, to kickboxing, you know, in karate, we've got that wide uh, horse stance, you know, and then when you come into uh, kickboxing, you usually have that very uptight, very narrow stance, like, was it difficult for you to transition between the two styles? Um, I think one thing with the Kempo freestyle karate is obviously, if you know, people like Raymond Daniels, Wonderboy, that's what that sort of style is. So mm-hmm. they do have that quite wide stance, but um, it can progress quite easily because it's not one strict karate style. The idea of freestyle is it combines a lot of things together. So it combines the kickboxing and Muay Thai with the traditional karate style so um again with my coach um shout out to Daniel Daniel Jansek that's my coach um he sort of started training me to combine everything together and it sort of created a unique style for myself like it's not one you know you see lots of Muay Thai fighters it's very traditional Muay Thai or karate it's very traditional karate but mine's sort of a bit of a combination of everything so the biggest difference for me was that karate events, it's only very short, like one rounders. Whereas as soon as I went to kickboxing, it was straight into like three rounds. So the gas tank was the biggest thing for me. But um, the actual style wise, I feel like just even from a young age, we sort of created a very unique style that progresses pretty easily into different sort of rule sets. Wow. Okay. So the sounds as if you really had everything pretty much nailed down. And from the time when you crossed over to kickboxing, how long did you have training in that style before you had your first official fight? Um, so I probably, I was still doing the karate comps here and there. And then it was just, so the kickboxing comps, it wasn't, straight uh jumping into the ring so i've done the mat sport kickboxing comps so it was sort of progression again so it's sort of going from karate which is not quite full contact to then the mat sport kickboxing which is more full contact but then again it's not like in the ring fight night one big fight it's still let's just say there might be five girls in my division if you win that fight you move on to the next one and then you might have a couple fights in the day so so it was just sort of constant training still. And just when one of those comps came up, like this, there might be one next month, we'd register for that and then go from there. So it wasn't like, yeah, we were losing and then just stopping going to one big fight night. So I think um, doing those comps, the karate and the kickboxing comps, it just, my experience level just jumped so much because like, my division some days I had like 20 girls in my division so I could be having 10 fights in one day so I've lost count of how many fights 
I've had on the mat sports scene now because there's hundreds like so I just feel like that experience level it's just made me adapt so much because every girl's different and you're just getting so much experience all in one day wow 10, ten fights in one day <sighs> I mean, yeah, if I just do, usually if I do six rounds in BJJ, that's that's it. That's it for me for the day, really. That's it for a lot of people yeah. as well. So how did you do 10 Like, how did it go? Like, you do one fight, get a five-minute rest break, and then go straight into the next one? Was that something like that? Or was it yeah, more Yeah, pretty much. So you'll, like, yeah, if you win that fight, then the other girls will have their fights, and then it will, like, so then if you lose, you're out, and then the winners, then you move up again and until, yeah, there's, like, the fight for first and second so it's about like a little five minute break in between and then you go again so yeah they weren't always the prettiest fights because you'd be quite tired but um the experience of just getting those rounds in was yeah it was just really good yeah wow and I would definitely say that all that experience that you've had has really surely built up you and so built you up a very impressive resume uh, one of the articles that you sent me, which was when you competed in the National Waco, which is WKO, uh, is that World Association of Karate Organization? What does that stand for? Uh, that's uh, the Kickboxing Organization. Yeah. Sorry. So World Sorry. Association bad, yeah. Kickboxing Organization. Thank you. Thank you for clearing yep. that up. So when you competed in the uh, Waco Kickboxing Championship, you won bronze in Ireland. Uh, what now? I couldn't find. What year was this? Uh, that was in 2016. So it's a crazy story, to be honest. So that was the year that I started competing in kickboxing. So my first kickboxing event after my coach convinced my mum was the state titles. And then I got a silver and a bronze in that. And then that qualified me to compete at nationals a couple months later. So I went to it not really thinking about it too much because, you know, I'd only just started competing in kickboxing, just wanted to compete again. And I actually won gold in one of the divisions. So there's different styles. There's point fighting, there's your kick glide and stuff. So I won gold in the point, fight, uh, point fighting division. And I walked off the mat, you know, I was happy and I got handed this letter. And I opened it and it said, like, congratulations, you've qualified for the Australian team to represent at the World Championships later this year. And I thought wow. I didn't really believe it. I was like, okay. And we went and talked to the people in charge. And they're like, yeah, you, you won the division in, like, the advanced division. So you've qualified for the Australian team. And then fast forward a couple months um, in Italy, training with the Australian kickboxing team and then travelling to Ireland to compete at my first world championships wow. as a 14-year-old. And again, <laughs> not really expecting, yeah, not really expecting anything at all, to be honest, because like I said, I'd had two, two kickboxing comps and I went out and I got a bronze in one of the divisions that... Australia at the whole time we've been going to these comps before me we'd only had two people medal at it so yeah it was pretty cool and that little medal there that's the bronze that I took away from that so, wow. yeah that's that's phenomenal it's such a young age as well like you were going through high school at the time like 
how did you balance all, all this competing and your school studies? Yeah, um, it was hard. My, but my luckily my teachers knew that sport was definitely going to be my path regardless. Because even right through school, even before I started karate, I was doing athletics, and um, I was excelling at athletics at the same time as I was doing karate. So I've done a lot <laughs> for a pretty young age. Um, so they were pretty lenient luckily with me and they knew that I would keep on top of my work like I'm disciplined with you know or every, everything that I do so um yeah luckily I just had good teachers around me that you know they even helped fundraise for me because kickboxing isn't government funded so I had to pay you know me and my family had to pay for everything ourselves to get me overseas um so luckily yeah my school my school was great and they yeah did fundraiser and everything for me to help me get over there so and I just stayed on track as much as I could. Damn, it sounds like you had a really, really good support team around you. Now, what's the situation? I know we're, of course, during a lockdown uh, still right now, but what's, what was the situation before this lockdown and to help you with competing? Were you, were you uh, studying at a university? Were you working a job? Like, what's, what was your current lifestyle like before this lockdown? Uh, so I'm a personal trainer actually so oh nice uh, me too <laughs> yeah yeah so mainly the kickboxing boxing side of stuff so i work at a gym called box class so we do both the kickboxing and like the um general you know weight side of stuff as well but um so yeah it's great for me obviously running my own pt business it allows me to um you know be really flexible and i'm able to train full-time as well because i have you know i can stick clients around myself as well as you know training and everything like that so that's what i was doing before lockdown and unfortunately i was about 10 weeks into a fight camp and then lockdown hit so that was pretty unfortunate <laughs> That, that is definitely unfortunate for sure. So what's the situation now? Like, you had, did you say you had a fight coming up very soon or? Yeah, so we went into lockdown at the start of July and I was meant to be fighting on the 10th of July. Oh. So originally we were meant to come out of lockdown on the 9th of July. So obviously we weren't going to be able to fight anyways. And the 9th of July, it never happened because we still in lockdown today um so we don't know when we're going to be able to fight obviously it's way out of whack at the moment um yeah it, I, I was really bummed for a bit to be honest because it was going to be my first title fight so I had been in camp for 10 weeks preparing for my first you know big title and um that got taken away right before I was meant to get in there, so it's pretty annoying. Man, that sucks. Ten, like, ten weeks is like a solid, solid amount of time. So a lot of fighters tell me they like to train, usually 10 to 12, because it gives them a good couple of months at least. But then the lockdown hit, it hit or definitely all of a sudden. And, you know, it's it's beyond your control as well. So there's not this, but uh, you don't, did you say you don't have a, reschedule fight because you don't know when you're coming out of lockdown at all 
Yeah, so originally they pushed it back to about early mid-August, but we are still in lockdown and they're saying we should be coming out of lockdown on the 28th of August, but the cases have been going up every day still. So now they don't even see that happening. So bite shows in New South Wales have pretty much stopped trying to reschedule at the moment because every time they reschedule, they just extend the lockdown. So it's hard seeing other fight shows go ahead still, but because I'm still an amateur, I can't even get like an exemption to travel for fights. So yeah, it's just stuck here waiting, hoping that we come out of this at the end of August and we can get going again. Wow. Oh man. That's that, that's definitely rough. I mean, hopefully this the government gets it under control to a point where you can at least uh, be able to fight very soon. Like, uh, is the government doing anything to help out right now? Apologies, again, apologies. I'm not paying attention to the news at all lately. Is the government giving you any kind of assistance or compensation? Uh, yeah, luckily. Yeah, we've got a um, COVID disaster payment that I'm able to access because, again, with the area that I'm in, I can't even any of my clients either because they're all in different areas so all my clients uh I can't yeah I can't get to any of them except for you know over social media and stuff as well so luckily yeah the government are giving us a COVID disaster payment but yeah it's only so much they can do that is, that is correct. There is only so much you can do, and hopefully that is enough for you to uh, at least try and live off or pay rent. Or is there any? And is there anything else that you're doing right now to keep yourself busy besides just training at home? Um, I'm just trying to get as focused on myself as much as possible. I guess just with all the little areas that maybe I don't have time to do as much as normal, like trying to get into reading a lot. More more again um just focusing on my rehab of little injuries and stuff that I've had that I've sort of been trying to manage as much as possible um um, I'm only 19 so I'm still living at home so it's a bit of a packed house like mum's mum's working at home you know my younger brother's doing school from home dad is luckily still able to work but um yeah so just trying to get through each day at one day at a time at the moment that's, that's a good that's a good positive, positive mindset to have based given on the whole situation now you told me about injuries and i'm glad, glad you kind of brought that up because that was going to be my next question to steer away from this whole lockdown uh bullshit uh one of your articles that you sent me it described that you had overcome a hip impingement now, a hip impingement is quite common, especially in fighters and especially in karate and kickboxing uh, combat sports as well. I wanted to ask you, like, what was the story behind this injury? Was it something that was small that was built up over time? Uh, something that happened during a fight? And how did you overcome it? Um, so, as I said before, I was also doing athletics. So even mm, when I was right. about 12, 13, I was still competing at like a state and national level in athletics as well as competing at like a state and national level for karate and kickboxing. So you can imagine the toll on the body that takes 
when I was doing um, pentathlon and heptathlon for athletics. So that's, you know, five, six, seven events for high level, including, you know, hurdles, long jump, the whole, the whole lot. So it was just a built up over time thing. It just slowly started bothering me. And then it just got really bad really quickly um, to the point where my hips were really out of line, pinching, like very, yeah, it was really bad really quickly. So that put me out for about six months because, yeah, it just threw everything out of whack completely. And it just took a long, long time to try and get my hips to readjust again. And then that was sort of the point that I decided to give up athletics and um, just focus on kickboxing because I knew that kickboxing was what I wanted to do, even though I still love athletics today. Like I've just been watching athletics for the past two weeks at the Olympics. But, um, yeah, it, it got to the point where I've got an injury list almost as big as my achievements list, so I knew that I had to give something up. Wow. I mean, it's... Oh. At such a young age as well, I mean, you've obviously come overcome a lot of adversity. Like, I mean, if you got the time, would you mind listing a few of those injuries that you've at least overcome? Um, yeah. So I've broken my hand. Uh, that was in a, a fight. I have currently getting over a shoulder impingement. I have, at about 10 years old, this is my first ever injury and it was probably my, one of my biggest ones I tore my adductor muscle in three places and that was playing netball so I gave up netball after that and I've torn my calf I have had a slight tear in my hamstring I have hyperextended my bicep broken toes there's a lot there's a lot so I'm, I'm running out of fingers on my hands here. <laughs> wow. Holy God. I tore abducted muscle, broken toes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's um, like, what, uh, how did you tore your abductor muscle? Yeah, playing netball. It oh, sort of just happened. Um, again, I was only like 10 or 11, so I didn't really know. I just thought it was sore. And I sort of kept playing and it went undiagnosed for a while and then I got to the point where I'm like no this is really sore and then we went and got an ultrasound and all the scans done and they're like yeah you've got three small tears and I was like right so that put me out and all I could do was slowly walk for six months so as a, as a 10 year old being active doing three sports to being told you can only walk um it was quite difficult but yeah that was probably one of the worst ones besides my hip and my shoulder. Bloody hell. As well, 10 years old. Goodness gracious yeah. me. Like, wh what do you do now? Do you have, like, some kind of, like, rehab or prehab program that you follow? Do you have a coach who's helping you out at all? Yeah, so my physio, shout out to my physio, Proform, um, Andy. Um, it's actually a small world. We actually used to train at the same club for athletics and then only recently connected together through one of the other fighters at my gym. Um, so, yeah, Andy, he's just been looking after me so well with just 
gone right back and fixed every little niggle and injury, any little adjustments that we need. So, yeah, I've just got a, a lot of prehab and rehab exercises and um, thankfully he's given me heaps of things that I can do while I'm in lockdown just to strengthen everything so that when I come out of lockdown, hopefully nothing plays up again and I can just go straight back into, you know, full training and hopefully a fight camp. Oh, man, that's good to hear. Shout out to you. Shout out to Vizio, man. Uh, yeah. Also, so now in that you've got all that rehab and prehab uh, nailed down, like uh, what do you, do you do anything for strength and conditioning? Yeah, yeah. So obviously being a PT, I've got like the basic background and that sort of stuff as well. But um, again, with my physio, he's got a background and that sort of stuff as well. So we're able to program together um, around, you know, my injuries, what needs strengthening. And then, the you know, obviously fighters need that sort of different strength conditioning to just your standard, you know, weights in the gym. So together we can sort of program around that so like i'm really lucky that he's got the same sort of knowledge that i do and we can sit down and program you know depending on where i am in the fight camp and um you know if i'm out of fight camp we can really focus on the strength and the injury rehab and then once i'm in that fight camp you know um specifying what areas need to be worked on and stuff so yeah Wow, that's that's great. That's good. That's it. Seems like again, you've got a really really good team like now behind you, especially when you've got all those injuries that need to be attended to. And based on what you told me, it sounds like someone really understands exactly what they're doing when it comes to a pro proper programming leading up to the camp. Now, the next thing I want to ask you, like, considering that you're in the hurt business, you know, constantly, uh, you know, taking all these like punishments and like they're constantly taking all these hits. Like, what do you do for, like, recovery? Is there any, like, techniques that you follow at all? Yeah, so um, I see my physio, like, once a week, just even if I'm not injured, just to, like, work out the body and stuff as well, just to sort of flush it out. And um, one of my fighters, one of our fighters from our gym, he has a sponsor with... Um, they're called City Cave and they do like your float tanks, your infrared saunas, um, everything like that. So having him on the, you know, in my gym has been a big benefit as well. So I'm able to access um, facilities like that. So I've started using them a lot more and just, you know, general, you know, active rest days. Like I'll just go for a walk on my rest day, make sure I have a good stretch. You know, flexibility is a big part big part of it obviously starting with karate flexibility and the high kicks uh you know a big part of what we do so just keeping up my flexibility and everything like that so yeah i try and take care of my body that's really good so in so flow tanks saunas at rest that's good uh i definitely someone who's used those all before especially uh flow tanks i definitely have a big benefit for them uh so yeah so that, uh, how often do you do that? Do you do that once a week, once a month, once a fortnight? What's the story behind that? Yeah, probably like once a fortnight. Um, yeah, and then especially once um, we're getting close to a fight, um, especially like things on fight week and stuff, we'll use them just to mentally prepare ourselves as well as, you know, keeping the body nice and relaxed because we just find it's a really good 
place to mentally go through the fight and, you know, prepare yourself and visualise everything that's going to go on as well. So, yeah, once we get closer to a fight, we jump in a little bit more often. But, yeah, other than that, probably like once a month, once a fortnight. That's good to hear. Well, once a month, once a fortnight, good. Now, just got a few questions left to, to sort of before we wrap this up. Now, there's one thing I like to ask every single fighter because, you know, one thing I love about talking to fighters is they're very goal-driven and they're very mentally uh, driven as well. So one thing I always like to ask is what now I know that you're in lockdown, so there's not too much you can do, but when this whole lockdown's over, what are you what are you hoping to achieve by the end of the year? And also what are you hoping to achieve in the next three years? Yeah, so end of lockdown, I want to get this title fight rescheduled. Um, it'll be yeah, because it was my first title fight for a New South Wales K1 title. So that's the first thing I want to tick off the list because we finally got a really strong opponent. That's going to be a big step up and a big challenge for me. So I really want to get that fight rebooked. Um, and then after that, the next couple of years, it's just sort of the same thing. I just really want to, the belts are obviously nice um, to have, but it's more for me taking on the biggest names in my division and in Australia, like obviously with those big names, the, the titles and the belts will come with that. But um, yeah, just taking on big names in the sport, just getting my name out there in the amateur ranks. And then after I've got a few, probably a few more fights, a few titles, um, then eventually turning pro and then doing the same there. Wow. So hopefully turning pro for the next years. I can, well, for one, I can definitely see that happening considering how much experience you've got. Obviously very young, got an impressive resume. There's no doubt well, well, that can't, well, there's no doubt to why that wouldn't happen within the next few years for sure. Now, just before we wrap this up, um, is there any shout outs you want to get? I know we've had a few, we've given a few shout outs already. But is there any more shout-outs you want to give uh, or any sponsors or is there any people you would like to thank at all? Uh, yeah, so my gym, Evolution Gym at Rouse Hill. Um, so my coach, Daniel, I also train at Evolution Gym with Adrian. So we have two, I have two coaches. So I'm at Evolution full-time and I'm with my coach, Daniel, full-time. So shout out to them, Adrian, um, Charles, he's our professional fighter at the gym. So um, I don't know if you've heard of him, his name's Charles Joyner. He's a six foot eight undefeated professional kickboxer. Um, shout out to him. He's sort of, yeah, taken me under his wing from the moment I stepped into the gym. Um, so those guys have been like my rock and they've just propelled me so quickly, um, especially like the mental side of things coming to fall out, me and Daniel, um, the other gym that I was at, it just ruined me mentally. They just put me in such a bad place. So Daniel and I got out of there, found evolution and they've just changed me so much. Um, yeah, just really thankful for all the guys there. I'm pretty much the only girl there, but I love that all the guys are great. Um, so, yeah, my training partners, Darren, Charles, and my coach, Adrian, my coach, Daniel. Obviously, my parents as well. 
mean, still living at home. So my parents, you know, they're a big support being able to, you know, live at home. I'm able to you know, what I do every day, work and train full time. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, my coaches and my training partners really, they're just my rocks and that's what I do for a living. So they're just the biggest part of my life, really. Well, like I say, uh, the same, also, like I tell everyone, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's cool. And based on what you've told me, you have a really great circle. And I honestly believe that's going to really assist you on the, next, on the future for sure. Now, uh, Talia, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. All the best in lockdown. Hopefully you get out soon enough and hopefully you can get this fight in before the end of the year. And personally, I want to say best of luck. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, hopefully everything goes well. And yeah, thanks for the chat. Problem. All right.